Hello and welcome. My name is Freed and you are listening to Where's the Popcorn? This is a segment where I take IMDb's greatest 100 movies of all time, put one through 100 in a random number generator, hit enter, and watch the movie corresponding with the number. And this time, the generator gave me number 53, The Treasure of the Sierra Madre, 1948. Based on B. Tavern's 1927 novel of the same name, it's directed by John Huston, who is the father of Angelica Huston and the son of actor Walter Huston, that is also in this flick. It was nominated for four Oscars, winning three, including Best Director, Best Supporting Actor by Walter Huston, and Best Screenplay, and the Library of Congress put it in its National Film Registry in 1990. If you look at all the awards and the honors given to this flick, Humphrey Bogart is snubbed in every single one of them. And I can't say I totally disagree, but come on, not even a nomination? It seems weird, even to this day, and critics are saying that it's his best performance ever. Anyway, so Bogey is the lead, if you haven't already figured that out on your own, in the role of Fred C. Dobbs, alongside of Walter Houston as Howard and Tim Holt as Bob Curtin. Houston was hoping to direct the film in 1935, but World War II put a stop to that, and he had to circle back to the project after making some documentaries of the war effort. For a while, Walter Houston was insisting that he's the leading man, but his son John didn't really think he fit the bill. And with some arm twisting and convincing, uh, he gave his father the role of Howard. And it's been said that upon seeing bits of Walter's performance as Howard, Bogie made the comment, one, Houston is bad enough, but two, are murder. Initially, when I first read that quote, I thought, oh, Bogie's just busting their balls and he thinks, you know, they're just a bunch of prima donnas working together. And it's hard to do, but it's not that. It's the opposite. It's saying one Houston has talent, the talent of like 10 men, but two Houstons? Oh, out of the park, man. We're going to kill this flick. All right. All right. That's enough yammering. How about we get into this flick, shall we? Let's do this. Badges. I mean, <laughs> action. We start off seeing a down-and-out Fred Dobbs walking around the town of Tampico, basically begging while leaning on his nationality to gain favor from his fellow gringos. And he does this so frequently and without shame that he unknowingly asks the same fella three times. And I gotta say, that rich fella is far more generous than I would be. Dobbs gets himself a meal at a local cantina where a little boy badgers him into buying a lottery ticket. Now, keen-eyed folks will notice that that little guy is a young Robert Blake before he got all, you know, murdery. Anywho, Dobbs, being the gambling man that he is, buys a fraction of a ticket. Later in the day, Dobbs pulls his, will you stake a fellow American to a meal line on a man that offers him a job instead. Eight dollars a day was the going rate, which in today's money is 140 bucks. Not too bad. Dobbs and his friend Bob Curtin take the job, and weeks later, upon finishing, were left high and dry by the man that hired them. The two men ultimately catch up with the man that conned them. His name is McCormick, played by Barton McLean, awesome name, and have a good old-fashioned dust-up in the local saloon where McCormick almost gets the better of the two men. And although McCormick has a lot of cash in his wallet, Dobson Curtin just take what they're owed and leave the rest, showing us that while they are in need, they still have their integrity. 
Now in, I guess what we would call today a youth hostel, Dobson Curtin overhear an old timer talking about gold prospecting and how he's keen to go out and share his knowledge as soon as he gets some financial backing. Now, Dobson Curtin offer a proposition to the feller, and the man said that they would need at least $600, but between them, they only have four. But guess who shows up at perfect timing to offer some lotto winnings? You guessed it. John Cena. I mean, the young Robert Blake. Robert Blake came back. So now they're off to do some prospecting, and we got a trio trekking off into the mountains. We have Howard with his experience, Dobbs with his ambition, and Curtin with just, you know, being happy to be there at this point. The boys get to a gold-rich area and begin their digging. They strike gold and start wondering when is the best time to call it quits. And here we see the darkness of greed start to transform Dobbs as he says that 25000 each isn't nearly enough and he wants more. It would also appear that a byproduct of his greed is paranoia and he begins suspecting a potential robbery and even creating plots in his own head. In the height of his worry, a young man approaches their camp and requests to be included, a man by the name of James Cody, played by Bruce Bennett. Director Houston actually wanted Ronald Reagan for this role, but he was already busy with another film. Anyway, the gold-digging trio decide that they are going to kill Cody, and right when they're about to literally pull the trigger, they get attacked by banditos posing as federales, that once they're asked for their credentials, give the most well-known and quotable lines in cinematic history. Badges? We ain't got no badges. We don't need no badges. I don't have to show you any stinking badges. And John Houston's adaptation of Tavern's novel was altered to meet the Hayes Code regulation, which severely limited profanity in film, because the original line from the novel is this. Badges? To goddamn hell with badges. We have no badges. In fact, we don't need no badges. I don't have to show you any stinking badges, you goddamn cabron, and chinca tu madre. Now, if you speak Spanish, you know what that means. I'm not going to tell you. Even if you don't, I think you know what that means. A gunfight ensues, and poor Cody takes one in the neck and dies. And this is all I'm going to give you. Although this film is 76 years old, spoilers have no age, and I want you to hit play and see this ending for yourself, because there's a lot more to go. All right, now on to my opinion. If you haven't figured it out already, I love this movie, and I gave it a 7.5 out of 10. Yes, Bogey does absolutely nail it, and he should have at least been nominated for something, but I do feel his character's transition into darkness and his greed-driven narrative could have been a little bit more gradual. He went from zero to a hundred mighty quick. A cool detail, though, that I noticed is that the deeper his greed became was reflected on the level of shadow on his face and the amount of dirt and grime on his person. Really cool detail. The line delivery was typical of the time, in my opinion, with it being overly fast, with little subtlety, and not a ton of face and eye acting. But all in all, I've always loved watching this flick, and it's a classic that deserves to be where it is on the list. I mean, first time filming on location, not always on a set. First time father and son winning an Oscar for the same flick. There's a lot to love from both sides of the camera. All right, well, that will do it for number 53. Thank you for coming by. I hope you enjoyed this. If you did, please leave some sort of positivity, however it's given on whatever platform you're listening to, and I will see you on the next one.
you for tuning in to this episode proudly presented by the APNM Group, a subsidiary of Alger Productions, LLC. We strive to produce content that informs, entertains, and adds value to your day. We value your input and would be delighted to hear your thoughts in the comments about this episode. If you have questions, comments, or suggestions, please engage with us in the comments section or via our social media platforms. Your feedback helps us shape our content and uncover new topics that matter to our listeners. If this episode resonated with you, we kindly ask that you rate and review this show on your preferred podcast platform. Sharing this podcast with friends and family helps us reach more listeners and continue delivering content you enjoy. For more information about the podcast, the host, or our parent company, please visit the link in this episode's description. Also visit us on YouTube and Rumble to see and hear every content produced by Alger Productions. Thank you once again for your time and support. Until next time, stay tuned and stay inspired.